you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast knows how to pronounce GIF, or is it GIF? Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis. Heroes here, Mark Sessler. Greg Rosenthal. I don't care what your gift GIF take is. Don't care. Down care. What is your, like what you... is your pronunciation though, Dan? Mm. Mine would be GIF. That's what I'd say. And if you say I'm wrong, I don't I don't care. Yeah, no, irrelevant yeah. what anyone else Doesn't matter. Cares. Right. Um, I mean, you accused me of um of not caring about your big weather bit yesterday and then it took a fire. People are looking for more weather from the Zeuser all week. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is why um, I had to push back against your uh, subtle mocking. Uh, this was historic weather here in Texas. And I, I, I take it as a public service announcement to anyone traveling here just to be ready. So in a lot of ways, I was trying to help people and you were trying to cloak the republic in darkness. So where do you align? I mean, where were you I'd, on January 6th? I'd like to uh, hear how many listeners are visiting this area of Texas this week. Uh, and it was just reminding me of a podcast I listen to, which I enjoy, which will go nameless, which always talks weather for the first 30 seconds. And, I'm, and I always think how much better that podcast would be if they just didn't do that every single show. That's all. I mean, I believe that a seems, gentleman actually yeah. reached out to Dan thanking him for the information that he provided. Is that is that untrue? I mean, there was just a whole movement. And I think there were people that were um, excited to learn about uh, the various climates, um, both here in North America and overseas and how they differ and how they're similar. Um, I got a, a, a tweet from someone who pointed out um, that we are here in Texas. Central Texas is south of uh, Baghdad uh, in terms of latitude. So you start to look at the earth in a different way. And I think in a lot of ways, in addition, Greg, to being safety minded, um, also is informational. And uh, I think we strive for that. We haven't won an award this podcast since 2013. Best new podcast, uh, Apple. 
Uh, it's time for another one. So maybe we change angles here, shift gears, and just become a lot more information-based in terms of uh, mm. teaching. Well, That's we did take. win the Stitcher Award. I, that was the same year, but um, the award mysteriously disappeared. And I've won some awards over the years. If you're watching on YouTube, I've got this Lock of the Week uh, championship <laughs> trophy. So I, that, that's a good award. Why did you All need right. to lead Greg down that path? <laughs> I don't know. He, he found his way there on his own. Um, listen, this is the second podcast of the week as we edge into late June. And uh, it's tough. It's tough uh, to manufacture content that people will enjoy. So those that find us enjoyable this time of year, thank you. And uh, for motivation to call back to another uh, conversation from our earlier show this week, I want to thank Robert Griffin III for reminding us what it's really all about. Some people like to call this the grind. Um, you can call it the fine because you figure out what you got. And I think we got some good stuff. <laughs> thank you, Rob. Well, what, what you didn't consider, uh, Dan, is... Uh, grind and fine rhyme. <laughs> so here's the, here's the history there. Um, about 11, 12 years ago, I was so taken by that press conference. I was probably airing live on my little television on the desk in our old newsroom in Culver city that I recorded it off the TV, uploaded it onto a YouTube page, probably put it in some article at some point, and then it lived there in, in complete obscurity. No other digital footprint of that interview exists except for this random YouTube account that I used once 12 years ago. And now I've unearthed it and it has been reintroduced to the world. And uh, I would say check out our YouTube uh, program of this episode so you could A, watch it and B, really enjoy how satisfied RG3 is with himself after he lands that line. Can I hear it one more time? Some people like to call this the grind. Um, you can call it the fine because you figure out what you got. And I think we got some good stuff. <laughs> the, the girl behind him, the female reporter behind him, did not seem impressed with the mm. with the slogan. Um, but Dan, how many hits <laughs> does that YouTube um, video have in this, you know, a decade since? All right, let's see. I, w I want to blow this thing up. I also would like to put that on our our Instagram page with with no no explanation. Just say like hashtag weekend motivation and just leave it there. So that's my instructions. For, <laughs> it has for over 2000 views. Oh, wow. So <laughs> let's see that. where we can get it up after today's episode and leave some comments as well. Cause we're, we're sitting hard at zero right now uh, in that department. Um, today's show this is going to be fun and it's going to be interesting to talk about because I found it to be a very sneaky, difficult assignment ranking the skill positions uh, in the league, this is non-quarterback, but th the weapons that the, these quarterbacks have to work with for each team, ranking 1 to 32, uh, the skill groups uh, on offense across the NFL, we're going to count down that list. Mm. And uh, Mark, I, I texted out uh, when we were you know, all collectively doing our work on this. Uh, that it got very quickly, it got into a bit of a murky maze. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot of differences in opinion here. You know, uh, we came out of um, the earlier week episode saying, let's come up with something kind of fun and interesting, but it's June, so light. And I spent the next, I think I spent three hours on this on my <laughs> list um, and got to the point where I started to change things entirely. Uh, I just got lost in a mental swamp. Um, but in I the end, it. I feel good about what I've done. I love it. It was very instructive because there are some teams you think of other... 
their quarterback's not in that good of a situation, and then they're sneaky high up on the list. You're like, actually, that team's good. And then there's, there's the vice versa. But you're absolutely right in terms of time management, Mark. Uh, we had the fortune of um, grabbing a Hanano's burger last night with our great friend Lakeisha and uh, our former producer, Ricky Hollywood. And Mark had mentioned he, he responsibly did all his work before he got there because he didn't want to be going home and doing that work at night. And it was about 11.30 p.m., and I'm like 45 minutes into this thing on the night before I leave for Japan. I'm thinking, Mark Mark played that well. I should not have left this. This was way more challenging than there I was. Oh, I wouldn't that say sounds it was, great. It wasn't panic in your eyes, Greg, but it was like a dawning of real realization that you had a lot of work to do suddenly late in the evening. I, I for some reason I thought it would take ten minutes and that was uh, that was dead wrong. I love this because uh, two things here. Why me personally, uh, the old Zeuser is pumped about today um, is this is rife for a rife setup for uh, Greg second guessing himself repeatedly. Always love that. Um, think back to our running back draft a few weeks ago. And B, I I do like exercises what, that potentially put Mark alone on a take island. And then Mark mm. has to swim to shore or set up a fortress and defend it. Where will Mark go uh, when he is on Take Island all alone with Wilson the volleyball? Can't well, wait. and you know, I took I took a peek at what we produced, and there are a couple Take Island scenarios for uh, each of us. Excellent. All right. So why don't we get into it? Hell, it's quiet news wise. There's a couple nugs out there. We'll kind of bake into this. I think the the best way uh, to go through this is thirty two to one. Otherwise, highly anticlimactic. You know, like if we're talking fifteen minutes on the Texans' uh, wide receiver room, uh, that feels depressing. Um, but we'll work our way. We'll be a little quicker on the uh, back end of the teams, and then we'll give the teams that we believe are truly set up for success uh, for their quarterbacks this year uh, a little bit more time. Um, so why don't we do that? And we'll start with the number 32 team. And it's no surprise here. Uh, the Houston Texans come coming at 32. Uh, Eric and Randy, uh, our uh, team behind the glass or the virtual glass in this case, did a nice job giving us a full rundown of uh, how things broke. In, in this case, we were all on the same page with uh, Houston at 31 for Mark, 31 for Greg and dead last for Dan. Is there anything to get excited about here, Mark? Uh, I mean, I I think number one, I, I'm interested to see what Bobby Slowick, the Shanahan disciple, uh, has to do with this offense. I've, I've always liked Damian Pierce. Um, I almost considered him as a making the leap candidate in our last show. And uh, I know we've talked up Nico Collins before. Dan doesn't really buy into that situation. It's a light offense. There's not a lot to love. Um, but I just think you've got a rookie quarterback, so they're going to be more enjoyable and intriguing in the, than in the past. But I, I'm... Very comfortable to put them down at 31 mm. due to a lack of weaponry. At least they're young. That that you can get excited about. You got Robert Woods. It's a decent backfield. I like Devin Singletary as a backup running back. Like the the thing you realize is, first of all, teams are way deeper at the skill positions than they used to be. Because like, and then for the most part, every team feels better about it going into this season than they did to end last season. Like the Texans were awful last season at the skill positions for the most part, and 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 they look better on paper now. But everyone looks better on paper. Yeah, that was uh, I had some a uh, couple of bullets uh, for myself, and one of them was there's a lot of talent at this level of professional football. <laughs> so most teams have at least one guy. I thought, and we're going to get to it at the top of the list, but I thought only one team though has three true superstars um, in the in the skill positions, and uh, most 
have uh, maybe one big guy, a couple, te- few teams have two, uh, and then it's like some teams are deeper than others without ma- as many stars. It's very interesting when you kind of dig into a little bit. So, um, but we all had Houston. We all finished uh, with Houston at thirty-two ahead of them. Thirty-one Arizona, thirty Carolina, twenty-nine Tennessee, twenty-eight Indianapolis, and um, I think it's pretty evident with um, Arizona where they're at. We don't need to dig in deep there. Uh, Carolina, they were obviously to get Bryce Young, giving up DJ Moore, uh, by far their their best player on offense in a post Christian McCaffrey landscape, who also exited the pitcher. They are kind of starting over and trying to build that room up. Tennessee and Indianapolis are. Interesting to me because Tennessee still has Derrick Henry, a Hall of Fame running back um, who showed last year, maybe if it doesn't have the same gear uh, as a couple of years earlier, still a big time player and a statistical producer at a, a elite level. And then the Colts have, uh, Greg, an interesting player in Michael Pittman. Pittman is their number one wide out. And then Jonathan Taylor, who's under the radar as a potential big time bounce back candidate this year. Right. Those two teams are a good example of how deep it is because Taylor and Pittman, that's a good one, too. Titans have Henry, who yeah, I see declining, but two guys I could see making the leap in Okonkwo, who I love, and, and Traylon Burks, who I don't think was as bad as a rookie. So it's like it does say a lot that almost every team has younger players, too, behind them that they feel good about. They're, these teams are thinner. The one where I disagreed with you guys a little bit, and, and this was one of the surprises doing this, was like I had the Panthers dead last. I it, There's this idea that it's a good situation because he has Frank Reich and uh, – on paper, a good offensive line. They played well last year, uh, but they have some big injuries they're coming off of an interior line. Uh, but I had them dead last. Like, their number one receivers, DJ Chark or Adam Thielen, and, like, Miles Sanders is a below-average starter. There, I didn't see anything on their skill positions other than Bryce Young that's close to average. They were just about dead last for me. Like, at tight end, Hayden Hurst is okay. Receiver, they're maybe dead last. And running back, they're mediocre. So I had them dead last. <laughs> They're starting over at wide receiver. I, in general, in this exercise, I don't know how you guys did it, with one exception, the rookie class, I'm just not going to get totally pumped up yet because they haven't played football at this level yet. Uh, but I, I like Hayden Hurst, I guess, a little bit more than you. Um, I I do like uh, Miles Sanders more than you as well. I think. I mean, he I like him, but there. I think if you, ra- if you ranked them all, would, they, would either of them rank better than average? I, I don't think so. Well, where do we have them, Greggy? I would if, we if had those are tw- your two had best positions. Yeah, I have them dead last because the receiver yeah. position. Yeah, I just I don't think there's a lot of variance between where I put the that team at 28th versus 32. No, I that's just, fair. I just I, don't, every you know. other team has kind of like one or two guys though that to me could be stars or like real plus starters. And on paper, to me, I don't really see any unless Mingo super pops. I have a question there, for you because yes. like look at the Colts. All right. Um, is there some prejudice based off of how disastrous last year was versus what we're actually looking at? Like, I'm not saying there's stars on this team, but, and again, like we, we're not factoring in Anthony Richardson, but Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, um, a year ago, we were talking about the Colts as like a top five team in the AFC. And not a lot's changed, except that the offensive line was, the offensive line was taken apart last season. But if that improves, I don't hate, this team as much as where I put them. This is what I found this exercise a bit frustrating because it's like, I don't think these teams look that bad. They just are sitting no. where they are because of these other teams. Well, the Colts are interesting because I think you have, there has to be recency bias in, in terms of look at a guy like Jonathan Taylor uh, who had like a peak 
Jamal Charles season uh, heading into last year yeah, and then nice dealt copy. with injuries and the offensive line came down and, and all that um, factored in. So I, I guess uh, he I'm not as high on him coming off a totally lost season. But again, we have we're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah. They're pretty low in this exercise. Well, he was he was a, a huge part of my spectacularly bad running back draft. So um, <laughs> it's got to carry me there. He could he could bounce back. Their line needs to back bounce back. But we're not talking about the offensive line. I'm also not. You mentioned an offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, or a head coach in Frank Reich that is known as a, a play caller. Um, I didn't factor in that either. No, neither did, like, I. Yeah. I, neither did I. Neither did I. Um, all right. Up next, New England. So the Patriots that we have at 27 and um, for Patriots fans that are out with the pitchforks or maybe thinking like Dan, for instance, is burying them and, and bringing them down. No, we're all kind of in the same boat here. In fact, Mark and Greg both had him at 24th. I had him at 27th. And uh, Greg, you could squint and and see some um, some you know, real opportunity for this offense to be better. I just talked about Ramondre Stevens, Stevens in our last draft, potentially being a, a big time, make the leap guy, but it's their wide receiver room and suspect uh, tight end group that really holds them back for me. Yeah. They, it, it kind of goes on like, what are you going to rank these teams on? Like, let's say them versus the Rams. Like the Rams have Cooper cup, the giants, for instance, have Saquon and Waller. The Patriots don't really have that guy. They have Ramondre, which could be that guy. But they do have a lot of players. So I think depth does matter. I think their fourth receiver and their second tight end, you know, they have Gasicki and Henry, are better than most teams. And that's probably why we all ended up in the same spot. Um, they're not, to Mark's point, like every team feels deeper at the skill positions than they were seven years ago. I think that's just the evolution of, of how the NFL is. And this is, I'm with you that I, I didn't try to factor in the coaching staff and the Shane Steichen in Indianapolis or Bill O'Brien, but it's a little hard to I just I don't want to judge the Patriots off of last season for what we talked about in the last show because it was an absolute apocalypse. So I I'm fine with where they are, but like I could see them being much better than 24th if Bill O'Brien makes a big change. Well, they, in a perfect world, they have like four number three receivers or four two slash three receivers. There's like no hope that any one of those guys is like a true one, which is a problem. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins ends up in Foxborough this year. They're probably moving up for me into maybe as high as the late teens or yeah, at least you know, 20, yeah, yeah, 20 to two range. Uh, but, you know, and like I said last week, don't let him out of the building. You let him out of the building. Uh, we'll see what happens with Hopkins, but he continues uh, to linger on the market. All right, moving on. Here's an interesting. So the Giants, we're all kind of in lockstep pretty much. On the Giants, 22, 27, 28 in our rankings. Uh, Mark Mark's Dan. almost on an island there. It gets thin there pretty quick after uh, Saquon. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to see what happens with uh, with Wandale Robinson. Um, I'm with you. They're, they're not weapons rich, but Darren Waller, if you get a healthy, good version of him, that improves that offense a lot. I mean, I think in general, they were so well coached that last year they were 10th in pass DVOA and 7th in rush DVOA with a lesser cast mm. than this. So it's like that says mm. a lot about... Brian Dable. But again, I can't, I got to get that out of my head. I can't factor that in. I got bad. I liked the trade at the time. In fact, I, I love the trade, especially when you factor in what they gave up. I'm getting the suspect vibes on Darren Waller on the Giants. That just doesn't, something doesn't feel right there. Just a hunch, nothing based on nothing else other than, I guess, his recent production, injury issues, changing teams, whether he's really into it, how much he was into our presentation, Mark, at the, uh, um, 
Pro Players Training for Media Summit when we were asked to give a speech on how to make a successful podcast. Didn't seem overly engaged I mean, engaged but with let's be honest, that's say. probably where 92% of your take is coming from because he did I seem... I mean, were like you guys sort of... overly engaged? I wasn't there. It's called Broadcast Boot Camp. I mean, you weren't yes. engaged enough to remember We did a wonderful job. Does, I, I do know, like I pro players practicing for broadcasting. At some point, I think Broadcast Boot Camp was thought to be too edgy a name. I think they gave it a new name this year, by the way. Um... But I don't know. I yes, maybe he wasn't engaged at the boot camp. But I don't know. Is he engaged at all at this point? I know he got paid. We shall see. Uh, the Rams. This one's interesting. We have them collectively at 25th when we averaged out where we had uh, Mark. You had them at 27. Greg, you had him at 26. I had him at 17. Um, so wow. um, I'm going to share why I had them at 17 because it was one of the principles I had when I was making my rankings. Uh, and the one that this one fell under was if you have a true X receiver, a true uh, difference maker, a super duper star um, that just changes the temperature in the room just by being on the field, he is actually going to have the power to lift you up about five spots than just a, a standard kind of pro bowl type receiver. And that's what Cooper cup is to me. He is in that different club. Uh, so the fact that he's there, is just gives if you have a true star at that level um to me it makes your offense better on than it even looks on paper because he does so many things and opens things up so that matters to me that's why he's higher in fact where you guys have him if i did, what didn't think so highly of cup or that i didn't think of this exercise in that way you guys nailed it but i decided to give teams extra pop for having top tier superstars at certain positions. I think that's good logic. Uh, I guess like I, you'd need to get the best version of Cam Akers. They did sign and bring back Sony Michelle. gives them some depth. Um, behind, behind Akers, like there's just not a lot going on at running back. And beyond Cup, um, you're hoping that Van Jefferson coming off of an injury is able to, you know, form chemistry with Matthew Stafford. But I just, I, this seems like just an unspecial collection of players to me. Right. Yeah, it's not a, it's not like, the best skill position player. It's the skill position group. And, you know, I, I wrote, I tried to write but the down, skill position players, Greg, make up the skill position group. So I know. And they it? only have one good player. So one, no, they, they don't have one good player. They have one transcendent talent and cup. That's sure. what I'm saying. Absolutely. But I would say if you include tight ends and running backs, you know, are, are count less, but they count, you know, there's like, eight to 10 of those guys. And they do have one of those guys, but I tried to do, I tried to write out, you know, their top five or six skill position players and almost like in some sort of order. And after cup, uh, my second choice was Tyler Higby. And so that I, we, we'll talk about the bills later. Cause I disagreed with you guys on the bills too. It's like, if your second best player, uh, that's a skill position player is Higby or acres or Jefferson Jefferson's your two at receipt. To me, that's pretty grisly. And I felt like I was giving them a cup bump, even even to put them up at 26. Like, I, I'd rather have the Patriots group than the Rams group, for sure. You gave them a cup bump, Greg? Tell I me more about that. that they could be little... 32 otherwise. I mean, they, they could be 32 if it wasn't I agree. Cup. If Cooper Cup was not on the Rams <laughs> offense, they probably would be at the very bottom. But he is. Yeah, so I give him 26, you know. Um, I understand. I'm not furious about it. I get it. I get your logic. All right, Chicago Bears we have at 24, uh, and we were pretty much in lockstep on that. I think one of us was a little higher or a little lower. Mark and I both had him at 21. Greg, you had him 25th. And then um, 
we could touch on any of these teams. But Green Bay, we were all on the same boat. Uh, Mark 23, uh, Greg 21, Dan 20. So they finish at 23rd. And then Tampa Bay, let's head to it. Let's head to Take Island with Mark Sessler. Will he build a raft and try to escape, or will he fortify uh, both? Uh, Dan had them at 19. Greg had them at 16. Mark all the way down at 26. You buried no the Bucks. You no respect the Bucks. for the Bucks and their duo, dynamic duo at wide receiver. Uh, I can't get out of my memory. Uh, the I felt like I watched 27 Bucks games a year ago and, you know, fighting off sleep whenever the offense was out there. And that was with Tom Brady. Uh, I, I see what you're saying about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but I just, I'm not, you're hoping that Rashad White um, is a capable three down back. Um, you got Chase Edmonds behind him. Russell Gage is your third wide, who I don't hate, but he didn't really make a difference last year. It wasn't out there. Kate Otten is a tight end. I don't know. I'm pretty comfortable putting them at 26. And that's it, not factoring in the heavy. total quarterback chaos. It's top heavy. It's basically two receivers. But I tried to think about, like, what if this group was with, like, Andy Reid or Joe Burrow? Like, what would I expect them to? Like, I I think you could. I had them one spot ahead of the Chiefs, for instance, who were the world champs. Like, they have two great receivers. I think Godwin will be healthier. Gage is a good three, better than most. You're right. It's a little thin. It's a little thin after that. But that that's an average group. Like, I don't think Mayfield and the offensive line might not be bad either, by the way. It's not actually a bad group around the quarterback. It's just the quarterbacks. Are terrible. I've decided I might have had them a little bit lower, but I've now decided as we turn the calendar over um, to 2023 to be part of the solution, not the problem when people overlook Mike Evans and what he's brought uh, to our league. Nine straight years with a thousand yards. That is incredible durability production you just don't see it has anybody ever done that did jerry rice even do that yes um i believe so but i would um, just say that most of these teams got a chance to make gonna, the hall of fame what we're going to dig into from here m- most of these teams start having their version of mike evans whether it's on the ground or through the air i mean like it, it these rosters are good and i i think that tampa bay on the whole is not a special group right i i think godwin Cut, you know, a year removed from the ACL, that mattered a lot to me. I see those both as top 25 receivers, and there's very few teams. And receiver, to me, is the most important position here. And there's very few teams that have two top 25 receivers. There's probably five, and the, and the Bucks are one of them. And so they, they got to be good. Just one, one thing quickly. We all ended up agreeing on Green Bay, which is interesting, because I actually found them maybe the most difficult team to rank in this entire exercise. Their running backs are awesome, Jones and Dylan, And then they're... Receivers, I love Christian Watson as a rookie, and then it's Dobbs and some rookies. I gave a little rookie pop if I like the rookies, but I didn't try to overrate it. Like it's just a fascinating, weird group. I didn't know where to put them. They're not as they're more interesting than the Patriots and the Titans of the world. But, but I guess we all kind of agreed in the end. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. I was trying to figure out because I kind of broke it down when I was trying to make decisions. I had the three star tier. Um, which is just one team. I had the two-star tier, which I had a team, a group of about six or seven, and then the one-star or close tier. And I couldn't figure out if the Packers were a two-star tier or a one-star or close tier. And I had them just on the other side um, because Christian Watson, I do want to see how he performs uh, with a, a different quarterback other than one of the greats ever. Uh, but he did show a lot. But am I ready to say that guy is a locked and loaded star? I'm close to it. But I'm not quite there. Well, I'm with you. I like I love their their backfield. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. 
I think Watson can be a star. Um, Romeo is super intriguing to me. It's like there's not a lot not to like. It's a, it, I've moved the Packers up and down in this exercise like probably 15 times. That was sort of one of the teams that started to make me go mentally insane. Yeah, I hear that. Um, all right, let's let's get through to uh, into the top 20 and then take a break. We had at number 21, or number 20, I should say, and this one surprised me a little bit, uh, 21, uh, the Detroit Lions, who we all love the Lions. Um, but when you look at the breakdown, once again, Mark, a little bit on Take Island here. He built a fort on Tampa Bay. Uh, Greg had them at 22 out of 32. I had him at 23. Mark had him up there at 15. Uh, I think I dinged him, Mark, on on Jamison Williams uh, being out of the mix. Um, they probably would have been, or they would have been higher if I could have talked myself into him having a big role early on, and he won't because he's suspended for, I think, six games. Uh, why do you have them in the top half of the league in terms of skill players? Well, that's interesting on Williams because the way that I did this when I looked at their, their roster, um, there is some projection because part of it is like I didn't really factor in um, the the suspension because I'm looking just literally at the roster. So we did that a little differently. Um, I actually don't, I'm not in love with David Montgomery and never have been. So I, the, to me, it's a projection of Jamar Gibbs and like Sam Laporta, who has been blowing up the off season program. Um, those guys need to work out, but this is one where I did factor in the rookies a little bit. Um, and I maybe factored in Ben Johnson a little bit. Um, I guess I shouldn't have done that, but I, I, I think the Lions, to me, I almost thought I was going to come in with one of you guys having them higher than me. I thought, if anything, I, one of you guys were going to like them more, and I'm a little surprised with how this turned out. Yeah, they were I one think... of the teams I thought this was instructive, that after doing it, I was like, oh, the Lions actually don't have a great you know weapons group compared to average. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown's a nice player, but he's your number one, and then who's... Who's the guy you're totally counting on behind him? I I believe Jamison Williams could be interesting. I didn't count the suspension, but I've never seen him do anything. Right. And and then you have Josh Reynolds in there. You have rookies that I like, and so I give him a little bump for that, or else they wouldn't even been as high as 22. But it's it's a little shallow. Yeah, that's what I took out of the uh, exercise too. Is like, oh, good job by you, Ben Johnson. Right. Right. Because sure. it's not like oh, it's not like with the Chiefs, for instance. Like, well, but then you have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's Jared Goff then who's, who's making all this go. And maybe, maybe we got to give Jared Goff more respect, uh, because that offense was a top five offense last year, uh, in many, many metrics, but we can't factor. Uh, right. in, I think it's tough because you can't factor in the fact that their offensive line is a dominant group that really That's turns the key too. on the whole thing. GC Mark GC GC, uh, but perhaps you did. Cause they're very high in your rankings. Yeah. You know, do I don't it. like I, when I, maybe, maybe some <laughs> improper procedures leaked into this exercise for me with some teams. Uh Oh, Wilson, the volleyball is floating over the tide on that one a little bit, you know, he's, he's not standing strong. You were saying, would he, would he stand strong on his takes or would he, would he, oh, I, I, yes, no, I, like, I wouldn't move so. them. I wouldn't move them, but I think it's just that we did it a little differently. Cause you're saying you don't want to really almost factor in rookies. And with Detroit, I did. Got it. Okay. Uh, finally, before we take a break, this one was another very interesting one to me, and it's really how you how you choose to look at them. What do they call it? The Rorschach test? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons kind of are that for our podcast. And for this exercise specifically, there's so much to like 
about it. But at the same time, how much is actually proven? So you look at the Falcons and again, Mark, take Island part three. Uh, Greg has them uh, up at 14. I have them at 18. Mark, you have them all the way down at 25, which really surprised me because you're such a, a big fan of the Falcons. Um, this is the only team really where I kind of got maybe in over my skis about a rookie because I'm like, all right, running back, Bijan Robinson, you put him with Drake London, who we talked about in our Making the Leap series a couple days ago. You take Kyle Pitts and you project him maybe finally finding his way. And that's a, in terms of like triplets, that gets you very excited. Um, where did you, how did they end up at 25 for you? Is it just the lack of uh, proven entities here? Um, I really ding them for what's happening behind Drake London at wide receiver with Mac Hollins and Scotty Miller. Um, an injury to London leaves them totally capsized through the air. Uh, unless Kyle Pitts becomes what we need him to be this season. Um, I trust they can run the ball. I think this is a team where like, mm. I think I still am fascinated by the Falcons and I think they're going to be a punishing ground-based team, obviously. And I think Arthur Smith can make all these parts work, but just looking at them on paper They've got they, their wide receiver position is hard to look past. Yeah, it's surprising. Dan, Mark is the one that's way down on these Falcons guys. But I did notice, Dan, he I don't know if you, you heard this. He said, we need Kyle Pitts. That's what we need. He's already that's a we team for Mark. Yeah, this one. This would be the most stunning entry of anyone. Mark putting them in the bottom. They're at bottom third offensive skill position and their quarterbacks Desmond Ritter. That's fair. Um, I'm probably projecting too much, especially with Pitts, because I still think of him as a top 10 tight end and it hasn't happened. I'm thinking of Bijan as a top 10 running back. You got to see it. Uh, but I looked at it like when you wrote all the names out, and this is where we like why we like the Falcons. I think, Mark, they're so different. They have five guys that I believe in. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, your boy, Tyler Algier, and Corderell Patterson. You're right, they don't have any wide receivers, so it's very funky, but I do believe in those five guys. 14, now even in hindsight, might be a little rich. I'm doing the thing where I'm questioning myself, but I would only move them down a couple spots because those are five dudes that I think can make plays. A lot of them are running backs, and so maybe you ding them a little bit for that, but they're still they're dudes that look nice and, and big coming super off Super compelling bus. group. Yeah. Unproven, yeah. but super compelling. If you, But if you said, if the exercise was, let's rank... Um, backfield potential like they'd be top three or four for me if not sure, even higher but just how about guys that you wouldn't want to mess with in a dark alley i think yeah i feel that way about too. them yep hmm. sexy all right let's take a break we'll be right back you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Broadway. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, we're back. Let's move now into the top 20, starting with the Denver Broncos. All right, we had a, we had a big difference in opinion here. Uh, Mark, you're off the hook. You had him at 20. I had him at 24. This time, it's Greg Rosenthal, who has the Denver Broncos all the way at number 12. Jeez. Why? Well, could, Tell us. I, I think I rewarded depth. But you're right, they, they don't have the superstars. But Judy, Dulcich, who I like a lot, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, you like a little Marvin Mims in the draft, Javante Williams, Samaje Piran. So they, they overwhelmed me with just like NFL players who are good. So uh, many NFL like players on the Broncos. What? So many NFL players on these Broncos. I just mean like not many teams have that many, like they can survive a lot of injuries. They, they're deep. They're like a much better version of the Patriots where they have like a bunch of people, uh, but their people are more talented. I think they're a little more talented and that talent wasn't, you know, able to flourish last year. I feel like though, this is the second, if not third year in a row that we're pumping up Denver's skill position group. And it's like they, outside of Samaji Pirine, who I, I like, like um, in a role, like they had all these guys last year, and I know I know that it was a, a coaching debacle, and your quarterback fell off the side of the earth. But I, I, when when are these players going to become what we're asking them to become? When they're healthy, like literally. And, and maybe I shouldn't I shouldn't ding them more for health, but literally every single one has had a major injury. Williams, <laughs> Hamler, Patrick, Sutton, Dulcich, Judy. I guess just missed a bunch of time one year, but he's been the healthiest. It's a it's been a banged up group. Which it's is, now or never for not. that group. Yeah, now or never. Um. All right, let's uh move on. All right, this one was a little different. I think this one I was on Take Island a little bit. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um. Oh no, I wasn't. But I had him the highest, so I had him as the number eight offense uh, in terms of skill players around their quarterback in the league. Uh, Mark, you were in the same boat as me. You had him at 11. Greg, you had him down at 20. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start on this one. I think this is kind of similar to what you're saying with the Broncos, Greg, but I thought in a more proven hmm. uh, way where you look at their depth chart and we saw how the offense came together last year. Um, I really like what we saw from their wide receivers. Christian Kirk uh, made everybody look dumb last year for saying they paid too much for him. He was a, a real asset and a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. You add Calvin Ridley to this mix now, and you know we don't know what we're going to get from Ridley, but he was a star, an emerging true star with the Falcons before uh, he had some personal issues and then the gambling suspension, and now he has this fresh start. Um, I'm guess giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to, at a young age, still be a performer. And then Travis Etienne, I, I saw him as another emerging star um, on offense at running back. So I like what they're doing at uh, uh, running back. I like their wide receivers. I think Evan Ingram uh, showed a lot and is a perfect match with that quarterback. I think it's just a really rock solid core, even if there's no like superstar jumping out at you. Yeah, I'd say like because like, we were in the same place, so I won't belabor the point, but I actually had them a little bit higher for 75% of this exercise and bumped him down a bit, but I, I agree mm. with you. 
I, I guess I'm just giving more credit to Doug Peterson. Like I've seen Zay Jones and Christian Kirk elsewhere in Evan Ingram. Etienne's a nice running back to me. You know, he's not special to me. He's, a, he's not a top 10 guy. Um, and so I was, guess I was giving it more a little bit to the scheme was making these guys who are more like number three receivers look better than they are. I mean, Zay Jones turned into a pretty reliable player and they're all fine, but I feel like if you put them on a team without a good coach or in a good system, they, they would not look very good. That's all. All right. Fair enough. Uh, moving on to number 17, the saints. This one was the most predictable one. Um, uh, for me, cause I knew I would probably have him the lowest and I knew Greg would have him the highest. And sure enough, uh, Mark had him right in between Greg and I, and, uh, I had him at 26, uh, Greg, you had him at 11 Whoa. and I had him at, I had him at 26 because I'm not high in Alvin Kamara anymore. I think he's played mm. his best football. I do factor in guys not being on the field, uh, cause I'm looking at the 2023 and I don't think he will be, I think he'll be suspended. Uh, but he hasn't been special for a couple of years now. Uh, Michael Thomas, I'm done waiting for that ship to come back in. I think at best he is a serviceable number two if he could be on the field, but I don't think that's a anything that should ever be assumed. I do love Alave, so um, uh, but I'm not at the level like of a Cooper Cup where he's going to give me those extra bumps to get him up five more spots. So that's why I had him there. Why do you have them just outside the top ten in the entire league? I mean, I'm way higher on Kamara. I think he was better last year playing through an injury somewhat, and that that's a factor. Uh, but I could see a monster year. To me, him and Olave are two stars. So they're a two-star team for me. And then the others are very high upside, intriguing players. Juwan Johnson, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid. So there's, though they're not all going to hit, those three. But if you got two out of those to hit and you have the two stars that I believe, like that, that's an explosive skill position group. And I'm right between the two of you. So I vaguely agree with both of what you just said. <laughs> nice. I think that, I think you were the one that was right. I think that's where this comes in. Hey, speaking of uh, disagreements, now it's now it's Zeus or truly on Take Island because the Washington football team, also known as the Commanders, uh, are at 16 on this list, right in the middle. And Greg, you uh, Mark, you had him at 14. Greg at 13. I had him down at 22. Um, I guess I should defend my take here. I like Terry McLaurin. He's excellent. I think he's... He's not a, a true superstar wide receiver. He's just below. Jahan Dotson is interesting, I guess. Curtis Samuel was kind of who they thought he was going to be when they first signed into that big contract. So that's pretty good. The running back room is is what it is. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. I don't know. I guess I was tell me why I should be more excited about this group. Can I well I I'd start with Jahan Dotson. I'd really like him a lot. Um McLaurin, Dotson, and Curtis Samuel are a high-quality trio. Um, I like the running backs True. more than, than you do, I think, um, especially what I think Brian Robinson can get. Logan Thomas has always fascinated me. Um, I will say this. With the same cast of characters, they were last year 29th in rushing DVOA and 26th in pass DVOA. And they there was a lot of quarterback chaos, but it wasn't the worst quarterback play in the league. Um that's sort of like, mm. uh, they remind me of Denver. It's like, I want it outside of McLaurin, like the rest of you guys, like this should be a better group. Yeah, we have, maybe we had him a little high, Mark, but uh, I, I see them as average. Like McLaurin is a true one to me. 
Um, and so I'm not going to fight that hard. I, yeah. I, I, I see that. And then the others, the other positions are all just like solid. You know, we're, we're solidly average. Logan Thomas is a little bit of a question, but it's, it, I think it's a good group overall. I don't think they have excuses at this point. They've been building this team for four years. I think they've done right. a decent job at it. It's like it's go time. Um, and yet they're starting a former fifth round pick with very little experience or proof of past success. Um, but whatever, we'll see what happens. The Cleveland Browns, another one where I was higher on, uh, the group than you boys were, Mm. uh, 17 for Mark 18 for Greg. I had him in the top 10. I had him as a top 10 group around Deshaun Watson. I think Amari Cooper is, I, I put him kind of right in that class with Terry McLaurin where I, um, I see him as a true number one, uh, even if he's not at the level of like the DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup, solidly an X receiver you can pound the table for. And he proved that last year. Um, they have, to me, the best running back, uh, the best power running back in football. Uh, and Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry fans can can debate that. But Chubb, I think, just does it all the best, you know, pure power and speed back in the league at this point uh it gets a little thin at wide receiver and having lived through elijah moore i am not buying into all the offseason hype pieces but in cooper and chut and chubb that kind of sold me on this two-star put him in that territory with chubb being the example like i said with cooper cup earlier a true superstar is going to pump him up pump a team up about five spots for me in this ranking and that's how they got from middle of the pack to top 10. You know, I struggled. Like I was like going in, I thought the Browns would be higher in my list Um, and not for past fan connections, but just that they've done a nice job this offseason. And I think you've got to project that. Yeah, there's been a lot of hype around Elijah Moore, but they've talked about how well he's fit in the attack. So if that worked suddenly last year's really weak wide receiver group, um, because I think Donovan Peoples-Jones fits as a a two, three type guy. Um, I, he's a little inconsistent. Najoku's a little inconsistent, but when he's good, he's fun to watch. Harrison. Can Bryant I just jump? Is solid. That's the one thing, yeah. Mark, not to interrupt. I'm sorry, but Njoku, yeah. I meant to bring him up. I love Njoku. And I thought him and Watson showed a lot of potential as a pairing last year, even though uh, yeah. Watson was so inconsistent. I could really see him blowing up if Watson gets back to uh, being a high end starter, which I think is certainly in the, in the position. So it really was for me, Chubb, Cooper and then having a vibe that Njoku could be a Pro Bowl guy this year. I just think Njoku's a frustrating watch um, because when he's good, he looks great. And then there's incredible drops. Um, I think like look up and down this roster. There's just some inconsistency, uh, but you we can't factor in the offensive line and the quarterback play and all this other stuff. I mean, right. I'm we had him with, as average, Mark. I think yeah. it does show how deep skill position groups are that they're coming out as average. Like I, I thought they'd be higher too. Their best player is a running back, so I do dig him for that. Cooper's not a one to me. Um, we've kind of learned that. Like when I when I said like the Bucks have two top twenty, top twenty five receivers, I would you know I'd put Godwin and Evans both over Cooper. Uh, and then it I like more in Peoples Jones, but that's that's not an amazing an amazing group. So they're like a little below average, not bad. All right, number fourteen, the New York Jets. Uh, this time it was. Mark at 16, Greg at 19. I had him nine. Zeuser, is he is he drinking that green juice? Always. That is not uh, a stunning result, but but I mean, their number two receiver is is uh who is their number two receiver? I would say Corey Davis is actually their second best receiver. I know they're not paying Lazard that way, but in terms of having a nice 
right. career. He, I mean, Corey Davis is your second best receiver. They like Alan Lazard a lot and what he brings to the offense and his uh, what his past success or uh, knowledge of the setup with Aaron Rodgers is. I think Garrett Wilson is um, going to be a superstar uh, this mm-hmm. year. Um, I think Brees Hall, that's the big question. Maybe if I could do it again, I would have dropped him a couple spots out of the top 10 because I can't just assume he's going to be the guy he was immediately before the injury. Uh, So Brees Hall, uh, though, to me, flashed as a potential superstar running back. Um, I just like their depth um, at wide receiver. It's another group that's maybe not um, after Wilson filled with stars, but I do like the idea of having Wilson, Corey Davis, Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman, um, as your, your four, I think they're going to be productive. Uh, I think you're going to see better production at tight end with a real quarterback. CJ Uzama, I think is a, is a, a tight end that could do some things in a real offense. And then it comes down to his Brees Hall, Brees Hall. Um, I wonder if they're going to end up with Dalvin cook. I'm kind of, mm. I'm, I'm, I keep on seeing that floated, uh, by uh, different beat scribes in that area that, you know, they're monitoring that situation. And especially knowing Brees Hall's medical situation, if Cook ends up there, that, that would be a good fit for them. But I'm going to I'm going to follow the volleyball a little bit on this one and say maybe I should have dropped him two or three spots. But it's only because I, I'm a little too bullish on Brees Hall being immediately himself. Otherwise, I love the setup around Rodgers. Man, yeah, they Brees struggle Hall a little is- bit. In in my exercise of like who's the second best skill position player in in Brees Hall's com- is a second year player coming off a torn ACL so to me it was just such a a cliff fall it's a little like the Bills who I had even lower than them we haven't gotten to but I had them lower where it's like you have one great player and that's about and then it's just okay guys I feel like if Brees Hall is healthy and he is who he was last year I'd hate to shadow him with Dalvin Cook I just wanted him to touch the ball as much as he can. I'm not in love with Alan Lazard and Michael Hardman, I guess, as, as much as you are, Dan. Fair. I'm not in love with them. I just think they're depth pieces that give, they just have, it's solid behind Wilson. It's But it's not like, yeah, it doesn't blow you away. I, I get that. Um, Pittsburgh, they come in at number 13 on this exercise. And let's take a look at where they fell. Um, Mark, you had Pittsburgh at 19. I had them at 15. Greg, you had them as a top 10 unit at number 10. Tell us why. Because, like, they, their top five positions are good. I mean, that, that, I guess that's what I really leaned on. Like, if you have above average starters at four positions, then you're good. Najee Harris is good. Uh, Pickens and Johnson is a nice uh, tandem. You have a very good tight end in Fryermuth. Your third is, you know, Allen Robinson and gets a little thin after that. It's like not the worst thing. Uh, so they're they're plus at a lot of positions and they're going to get better. Like, I, I think it's safe to say these are this is a young team that gets better. Surprised here, Mark, because I know you have we just talked about making the leap. You have Pickens as making the leap at wide receiver to being like a number one type guy. Why are they down at 19? I think this is one team that I struggle with, and uh, I, I kind of want to – I need to see it. I need to see this growth. Um, I, I think there's a lot of – there's good players here. There isn't a great player here. I'm not a, as big on Najee Harris as some people are. So I guess, you know, when you do this, it, like, could you convince me they're more like 14 or something? Sure. Um, it's how the, the chips fell a little bit, but I just don't see one player that absolutely I can trust to dominate defenses. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move on to ooh, next team. Number one, 
on the urgency meter, Field Zeuser, the Buffalo Bills, have they built enough around Josh Allen? A big question. DeAndre Hopkins, a team, a player that's been connected to this team. They certainly probably could use him, um, especially according to uh, Greg Rosenthal, who has them as the 23rd uh, ranked team, just, you know, almost a bottom third uh, skill position group in the league. Uh, Mark and Dan were in lockstep on this one. Mark at 10, wow. Dan at 11. Uh, I gave uh, preemptively, Greg, I'll tell you again, uh, Stefan Diggs. I'll give, I gave him a bump because I think he is a true one wide receiver. Hopefully he's in a good mindset to continue to be that way. And then when I looked at the rest of the depth chart, I was like, I was looking at it. I was like, okay, I think they did a good job here. I think they need another guy, but Gabe Davis, uh, you have uh, at tight end, you have Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. Again, first round pick. You don't know what you're going to get from him, so I didn't put too much into that. And then at running back, James Cook and Damian Harris, who I've always liked. So I really like kind of that combo as an upgrade this year at running game uh, with the digs bump is how I got there. I, I do like their backfield, that it's cheap. And and you're right. Maybe I didn't give enough value to true number one receivers like Diggs because I love Diggs. At first, I had them even lower, and I was like, I'm being too hard on the Bills. I had them at like 26, 27. It's a pretty steep fall from Stefan Diggs to your second most explosive slash reliable player that I'm excited about is probably Dalton Kincaid. I mean, Gabe Davis is not a good two. Uh, the running, the backfield's okay. I mean, they're hoping to be average, I guess. So I, I get to me, you have like one receiver and it's a pretty big drop off to these teams that have three, four or five receivers. I guess I was just thinking of like, if you gave Josh Allen and I'm just picking some teams that were a little lower on your guys is maybe higher in mind. Like if you give Josh Allen the saints or the Broncos or the commanders weapons, like I think he'd be cooking even more. I think Josh Allen has, has covered up a lot in Buffalo and good coaching and that, and we're not taking that into account. Yeah, I mean, they were second in passing DVOA with a thin cast last year. I, for me, a That's lot fair. of it is Kincaid. Um, but this is one where it's hard to look at the skill position group and say, well, it, nothing matters here if you don't have Josh Allen. Like, the whole thing centers around the quarterback as much as with any quarterback in the entire league. So it's, I think he elevates their play. And I know last year was a little bit tough, and maybe some of the Diggs drama or a lot of the Diggs drama is going back to the shift away from Brian Dable and maybe the offense not working as well last year, especially struggled in the red zone. Josh Allen wasn't as good, but I'm looking at that wide receiver room. I, I know most people have forgotten about it now, but I remember you, Gabe Davis. I remember you going eight for 201 and four <laughs> touchdowns in the greatest playoff game of the century, arguably Chiefs 42, Bills 36, the 13 second game. There's something in there with Gabe Davis. I, I think there's a chance you could see him get unlocked. And if he does, and they could really turn him into a true number two, uh, they're going to be humming. I, I think it's one of the big subplots of the year is the Bills offense. Is it going to get back its swagger and be that dominant unit? Because it was a lot of hard work last year, uh, surprisingly hard work with Dable out of the picture. Well, also, could this be the team that goes and gets DeAndre Hopkins, though? That would change a lot. And I know that Diggs, there's reports that Diggs, you know, part of his frustration was that he really wanted them to go get DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, my vote barely uh, made a dent. I guess this is why it's good to balance it out. I had them 23rd, and they still ended up 12th. And you guys had them 10th and 11th. So it's like... That's how it works. It's like my vote didn't even matter. Math, baby. <laughs> All right, now just outside the top 10. And this is perfect, because they don't deserve to be in the top 10. 
but I don't just reactive anti America's team takes. We don't do that either. So the Dallas Cowboys are at number 11. Uh, wow. Mark, you had them at number six uh, in the league. Uh, Greg and Dan were in lockstep at 15 and 14. You love yourself some Tony Pollard and some CD lamb. What else do you like? Brandon cooks, um, Michael Gallup, uh, a year removed from physical chaos. Uh, you, you have to hope that Jake Ferguson can step in for Dalton Schultz, but I, you know, when this team is, when they're, when they're vibing, I think they're one of the better offenses around. And I, I, I think they figured out what happened like last year with wide receiver. They Brandon cooks to me will be a plug and play, totally productive guy. And I don't see a real weakness on the, with this group of players. I think the uh, Michael Gallup thing I'll push back against a little bit just because in a true Cecilarian way, you referred to it as a uh, physical chaos of a year ago, but that was two years ago. Last year was the first season back from the ACL. And well, that's what I mean though. I don't think we got the, that player last year. Right. But I, for me, that puts me in a holding pattern on, on Gallup because he came back from the injury. Wasn't the same guy. Can he now two years removed or close to two years removed, be the guy where he looked like, Oh, is maybe being a emerging uh, number two or a star wide receiver, maybe, but I think the jury's out on right. now. Some guys just aren't the same after they suffer a serious knee injury. See, like their ceiling is quite high. I could see why, Mark, you would put them at six. I think Dan and I had them in the middle because Cooks, Pollard, and Gallup are all a little bit distressed assets. You know, like Cooks is not the Cooks of five years ago. Good player. It will help. Pollard is coming off a serious injury now, and Gallup. Uh, everything Dan said about him. So if they get the best versions of all three of those guys, like that is an incredible looking top four skill guys. Also, who's their tight end? Ferguson, maybe, or the rookie Schoonmacher. I mean, so that's that a doesn't bit of a seem right. Mark. Yeah, there should be like a serviceable white guy like uh, anchored there somewhere. Where, I mean, where is Ferguson? That guy? Play, they played Ferguson, and who was that other guy with the great name? He's, they they played I think them. He started a lot eight last games year. last okay. year. Yeah. yeah, he played a lot. They do seem down a serviceable white though. I think well, Ferguson you can, you can make kind of argument. like is the definite like if he if he pans out he is your guy, Jake Ferguson, serviceable right. white. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, all right, let's move into the top ten, please. At number ten, the Los Angeles Chargers. How did we do on this one? Eight, nine, eight for Mark, nine for Greg, sixteen. For Dan, I think I'm a little bit coming out of my I love Mike Williams, Keenan Allen tandem era just because of injuries and the idea at this point where penciling him in in June to just be a stud combo. I just it doesn't fly for me anymore um, because I know that's just not how it goes with these two guys Um, when they are in the field. They excite me, but they're not typically on the field together. I know you have a first round pick in Quentin Johnson there that he's going to get a lot of snaps most likely, but we don't know what he, what you have there. Gerald Everett is fine to me. And then the running game, I love Eckler. Eckler's awesome. Uh, but uh, because of the Allen Williams constant injuries thing, it has depressed them mm. for me just a little bit. To me, I depressed them to put them down to eight or nine. Cause if everyone's healthy there, Josh Palmer is your third or your fourth. And I think Josh Palmer is a good player. Like that's a top, three or four group. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to bake in a little injury concern because otherwise this is a, this is a fantastic group. Yeah. I'm with you. And I, I guess I am factoring that Quentin Johnson is going to be exactly what they need. I really think he's going to fit with them. And to me, I just see depth all over the place. 
Um, we have at number nine, the Kansas City Chiefs. And Dan and, uh, had, had him at seven. Mark had him at nine. Greg, you had him down at 17. I was a little bit surprised um, that I had them as high as I did uh, when I kind of went through it all. Uh, but then I kind of uh, thought about what we just talked about um, this week about Kadarius Tony and my belief. And then I gave that super duper star bump to Travis Kelsey, who, uh, Greg, I know earmuffs, but he really is closing in and, and really building the argument as the greatest tight end to ever play the game shows no signs of slippage. So they get the bump because they just have this all world talent that commands all sorts of attention and game wrecks season mm. after season. I mean, I don't need to just put on my earmuffs. How about, how about Mike Ditka? How about, uh, how about, uh, Kellen Winslow senior? How about, uh, Shannon Sharp? Like I, why, why are these guys all just getting definitely passed up? They all racked up, uh, all pros, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates. Like he's in that conversation. That's all. Um, and but he is, wait, are you saying he's behind all of those guys? No, but I don't think he's like way ahead of them. I think the leagues changed and they were incredibly valuable in their eras because the game was different and they blocked and, and that was a big part of some of their games and, and they're like their first team all pros. Yeah. They, they are all very similar actually. Okay, great. It's what not, else does the man have to do crazy. to earn your respect? I'm, I'm, I, I, I feel like Wes year after year listening and agreeing with me here as he, as Brock. he racks up all pros, super bowls, as he does unforgettable things in the playoffs, takes over game after game. And right, yet but he's you said he's, he's the greatest of all time, and I think if I didn't say that. I said he's really building the argument. And, creepy and, sure. uh, yeah. I think you're, but I, first team All Pro is a great way to measure it, and all of those guys are competitive or have more than him. So I think it's okay to say if we're saying all time, like they they got to be in the con- con- in uh, consideration. He is getting older though. I he's turning thirty four this year, and their second best receiver is Valdez Scantling or Tony. And the backfield is okay. And so to me, I think it's just a measure of Mahomes' greatness and Andy Reid's greatness. If you gave this group of weapons to a young quarterback, everyone would say they are not helping him out enough. I, I'm with you entirely. Like I, It was almost impossible for me to not look back at last year with a hodgepodge cast of characters that come out first in offensive DVOA. Um, it's It's... You, you got to separate Mahomes from this exercise, but I just kind of feel the way they all fit together. Um, I just trust the results. I, and maybe that's a shaky way to do this, but I just, I trust the results. Mm. Uh, Kelsey has played basically nine seasons and he's been either first or second team all pro in seven of the nine seasons. Right. His age 33 season, 110 receptions, 1,338 yards, averaging 12.2 yards per catch, 12 touchdowns. And beyond that, beyond just the, the counting numbers, we've all watched a million Chiefs games in January and February now, and the guy is just different. He right. is the dude. When you need somebody to make a play, he never lets that team down. And I I just – he's one, he's in that rare class. Like, And I think about the greatest playmakers in, like, ATN history uh, since we started this pods in 2013. The guy got to have it. Like line, give me Travis Kelsey. He's going to go get it for me. Yeah. Love that guy. I think, I think what Gronk did was more dominant while he played um, in terms of first team all pros and stuff like Tony Gonzalez gets forgotten. He's a six time first team all pro and a ton on the second 
team too. And that's all. It's like you had these guys that were totally dominant in their era, and I, I just don't want to over overreact and just say like he's the best of all time because he plays in this era. That's all. Well, you're a measured historian, and we uh, we appreciate that. Right. Yeah, you you did. You are the same guy, and you weren't wrong though that you've been talking about Patrick Mahomes is like the best ever since his. Yeah, because I think you can use your own evaluation, and you see it. And I. Well, you can. I can. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Got it. I mean, you can, and that's why I disagree. Like we we were allowed to disagree. I to me, he's not as as special as Gronk was during his peak. I think Gonzalez actually is a good comp for him. Um, for his era, Gonzalez racked up more like first team all pros and stuff like that. But they, I think they're very similar. All right, Mark, decide it. Gronk or Kelsey? Who do you want for one game? Gronk. All right, Greg, you win. Go off to Japan now. Fly yeah. off. Not you. Don't even need a plane. I got a bird to catch. We got to fly. <laughs> no, we're good. All right, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this one wasn't surprising. Mark had him at twelve. I had him at thirteen. Seems sensible. Greg had him at number. Eight. Why, Greggy? Why are they so high? Depth. I mean, they have the one of the best three tight ends in the league. I love Jay in, in Andrews. I love Dobbins. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, there's projection at wide receiver. But Beckham, Bateman, Flowers, Aguilar, you have a nice backup tight end in Isaiah Likely. To me, you just have a lot of guys. I, I, I think that was where I guess I, dis- I um, differed from you guys. Like, if you had seven guys that I kind of liked – you ended up pretty high on my rankings, and the Ravens were that team. I mean, they're I high was, in our rankings too, right? That's yeah. Right. They're, I think we're I, we had them at twelve. Like I, I almost I see like Isaiah Likely as like a fringe making the leap type guy. You've got Mark yeah. Andrews in front of you, but um, that is a really promising player. I guess for me, it was just like Rashad Bateman. Seen it in moments here and there, but can you do it for an entire season? Who are you, Zay Flowers? We're hoping on Odell Beckham. Where are you at this point? So I kind of ding them a little bit. Yeah, on a wide fair. receiver group that looks better on paper than what reality may present. I this would move the a, Chargers above them now in hindsight. This isn't a new take for me, but you know, I thought Beckham got too much money. I don't think he's been an elite player for years now. I know he had a nice run in the playoffs a couple of years ago, but they also blew out his knee in that Super Bowl game. Just expecting him to be a you know four month playmaker is just asking a lot. I just I just don't see it, but. Baltimore obviously does because they gave him $15 million guaranteed. It's crazy. The Vikings are at seven uh, as a group. Uh, I don't think we were in lockstep on this one either. Um, Not too bad, actually. Actually, it's pretty good. Mark at seven, Greg at five, and Dan at 12. I should get a bonus when I put them at seven and they actually land at seven. Mm, Or we all should because it took all our votes to to do that, but... You know, it's like a bingo right there. It's really nice. I I like Jordan Addison. Maybe I'm projecting too much, but I like him a lot as a two and Osborne as a three and Hawkinson's a nice tight end. It's a nice group. All right. The last team outside the top five is the. And also they get for me the Justin Jefferson bump. Best wide receiver in the league, even with Adam Thielen now gone and Dalvin Cook gone. You got Jefferson and he makes the entire team. What do you say? The boat, but the, the tide that lifts all boats. Got it. Nailed it. Vegas at number six, 13 for Mark, but six for Greg, four for Dan. I, this, is a, this is a great group of skilled players, um, I think, for Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever ends up being the quarterback. Mark, why did you have him depressed a little bit compared to your colleagues here? I don't know. I get, You know, this is maybe some bias. I'm just... Uh... <laughs> Wilson! 
Well, like, because with Josh Jacobs, um, all right, I guess I'm in that camp of like, I want to see it happen again. Uh, I, I wonder if Hunter Renfro will be on this roster. There's been trade whispers around him. But he's on it now. It's on it now. You have to count him. Sure. But like, I don't love the tight end group. Uh, Devontae Adams is a true star. I don't know. I, I don't really trust. I, this is one where I baked in the whole overall Raiders, like coaching staff milieu where I'm just like, not sure I buy this. That's why I like this exercise, though. I think if you separate them out from being the Raiders, you're like, wow, this is a really good group, especially if Mayer, uh, Michael Mayer, the uh, rookie tight end, pans out. But Renfro is a great, a great three. Jacobs is a great running back. You have a great one. It's a, it's a nice. If you and put- Myers, I think, is a really good roster fit as right. a, a number two behind Adams. I, right. I, it's just a lot. There's a lot to like there, and it's you know. Like imagine man. if Josh. I keep saying this, but imagine if Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or someone had this group. We'd be like they would be going freaking bananas. Freaking bananas is right, Greggy. Bring it back, bananas. <laughs> I uh, knew number- when I put them at thirteen that I was going to get um, be in a weird camp there. You feel good about it? Yeah, because I still think I mean, they're going to win like seven games. I feel good because Raiders fans have something to be happy with us about. At least Danny and I. Yeah, uh, it's, true. it's like the one. It's like the nicest thing we've said about the Raiders in a while. Okay, there's only one team in the entire exercise that we all agreed on, and we're not getting to them yet. But there's one other team that we all virtually universally agreed on, but not quite, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And Mark, you had them at number five. Greg, you had them at number four. Dan had them at number five. That is a uh, a really good um, setup around Geno Smith. Perhaps, uh, you know, making up for the fact that the quarterback is actually average. Uh, but you know, that's, you know, whatever he made the most with great weapons. Uh, it was an unfair you. dig, but I threw it out there. I it's mean, over now. part of it is they're better this year than a year ago. Smith and Jigba. Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, a healthy, hopefully Kenneth Walker stays healthy, but then you add Zach Charbonnet, nice little rookie. Like even the tight ends, like Fant and Disley, like that's a solid nice. tight end group. Everything is solid. And the receiver group ranks with anyone. I, I feel like I yeah. like DK Metcalf a little bit more than other people. Like some people put him at like number 10. I think he's like a top five talent at that at wide receiver in the league. I love me. And Lockett is just, I mean, name me a, a, a better like one, two a duo that you can count on to just put numbers up year after year. These guys keep nailing the draft and altering and improving the roster. And I think that Jackson's number one there, but Zach Charbonnet, like, he came out, he averaged seven yards a carry last year, had over the last two seasons, 2,500 yards and 27 touchdowns. And they're talking about him as someone who literally is battling for the number one job. They've got a super deep backfield. I, I just see no weakness here with the Seahawks. I started them lower and I kept moving them up and up and up the mm. list. I, also, right. I believe I saw Zach Charbonnet at the Westwood in and out It was during draft season and I... They were, they were obviously football players and I thought it was him. And then I like Googled it on my phone. I'm like, yeah, pretty sure that's him. So shout out to Zach. If you're listening, that was me. In the old days, Greggy, if you were working at the uh, PFT, that might have been a post about it. Charbonnet taking his training seriously at the fo- fast food joint. Stuff Maybe he got face. the lettuce, you know, the lettuce uh, animal <laughs> style. Um, all right. We're closing in now on the end of it. Uh, the Miami Dolphins come in at number four. We're all feeling hot about the Dolphins. Uh, Mark at four. Greg at seven. Dan at three. I mean, Greggy, I mean, I know seven's not a, a bad Seven's score, high. But you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. 
Dolphins fans are raising their hands like, no, we have the best one-two punch. Berrios is whatever to me as your slot, but maybe an upgrade. Uh, tight end's a little bit of a hole, I guess. Uh, but Mostert, Jeff Wilson, maybe they end up with Dalvin Cook. I look at it, and maybe I'm putting a little too much on that one-two punch at wide receiver, but hot damn, that is some one-two punch. Speed kills. It's awesome, and in, in retrospect, maybe I shouldn't have the Vikings ahead of him, but uh, you mentioned it, the third receiver and tight end, that's two positions that seem a little below average to me, so it didn't quite match up with, with these other teams. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. I'm looking at it again, and maybe I should have toned that down. By the way, Tyree Kill is involved with uh, uh, issues with the law once again, an altercation in which he's accused of, I think, slapping somebody in the head. Um, it's unclear if it's going to lead to any charges at this point, but the the Dolphins are aware of it. The league's aware of it. Ty, Tyreek Hill, keep your damn nose clean, brother. Come on now. Keep an eye on that situation if it becomes something bigger. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals coming at number three on our list. Two for Mark, three for Greg, six for Dan. I think the only reason, two things I wanted to talk about the Bengals with this. First of all, Joe Mixon, we don't even know if he's on the team, but even, even if he's on, not on the team, he's no longer Joe Mixon, it, it appears, anyway, based on his play um, last year. And then the only other thing I, I want to kind of keep an eye on here, like I want Jamar 2021 back before I'm ready to crown the Bengals wide receivers as the best triplets in the league. Mm. Uh, uh, I just thought like, if you kind of examined his season a little bit closer last year, he was just not, and I know there was an injury, but I'm factoring in kind of before and after the injury. He was not nearly as explosive in terms of playmaking. And then, you know, I kind of looked at his stats because that's how it felt. And sure enough, uh, he actually had more catches, um, 87 catches, but he had nearly 500, 450 yards less. His yards per reception dropped from 18 to 12, which is pretty substantial. Um, uh, so in general, he was, he was much more of a possession receiver in year two compared to year one, where he was just blowing up the league and running through and past and around guys. I'd love to see that guy again hmm. and, and feel like he is super duper star Jamar chase. I didn't think he was last year. Well, I mean, there's, I think a couple things like the injury factor, um, the way that teams were no longer surprised by him on any level and had another off season to plan for him. T Higgins becoming a genuine star. Uh, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but I think that we're going to get that player back where I almost, I put them in number two, but I have to say that that's hoping that like the tight end position isn't a complete fail because there's just, there's not a lot going on there. Um, and if you got a lower version of chase, they would not be the number, the second best offensive skill position group in this exercise. Right. They're hoping Irv Smith is, is the dude at tight end. Uh, and, and we'll see. I thought, you know, pound for pound, I take them as the best three receiver group in the league. It's, I think that you made a really interesting point. We've never talked about that with chase. He, he did have more yards per game though. And I guess I look at it like he, they, he found a way to be extremely productive. He was still like a top five or six guy in terms of yards per game. You know, he missed five games. So the total yardage was down it, and he did it in a different way. And you want him to get back to being explosive, but he, he still found a way to really well, impact every single game. Do you know how his yards per game is only higher because the, the targeting was relentless. I mean, he played yeah. just 12 games and was still targeted more times than he was targeted in 17 right, games. But that's, when you he was take a what the defense rookie. gives you. He adjust, they adjusted. You're right. It was shorter and that's less exciting. But Higgins, I mean, Higgins to me is a top 15 receiver. I just love Higgins. So the fact that two of them are on the same team and you have a great number three 
in Boyd. It was just too much. It overwhelmed yeah. everything else for me. I guess I just, yeah, I just want to make it clear. I'm not like down on Chase. I just thought like it was, he felt more like Justin Jefferson in year one and then year two. Uh, it just felt a little different. His yards per target also were was down from 11.4 to 7.8. So it was just a little bit different. I'm yep. curious to see what it looks like uh, in year three for Jamar Chase. Uh, all right. Uh, now we're into the number two team. And uh, it is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles we all love. Uh, Mark, you had them at three. Uh, Greg and I had them at two and what else has to be said greg i mean you did and i, I gave you a shout out on twitter greg uh your projected starter series is uh, is great resource for things like this and you just look you look at their both sides of the ball really but the offense too they just have done such a great job building up every area of their team in the salary cap era it's hard not to uh be jealous as a, a fan of a different team right like the bengals i said are the best three receiver group wide receiver but the Eagles are the best three pass catcher group. Brown, Devonta, Goddard, to me, are all, you know, God mode. They're all, Goddard's so underrated. Like, he, he leads the league in yards after the catch per, you know, per catch over the last couple of years, which is, which is crazy. And I love Devonta. And the running back room has enough players between Swift and Gainwell and Penny that I think, I think they'll be fine. So they're awesome. And you mentioned that on Twitter. I wish I could have responded, but I've been locked out of my Twitter account for a week and a half haven't posted. why what have you i what? had two-factor authentication you know they they told us to sign up for the old two-factor and then i got a new phone at work they erased the old phone did the second factors go to the old phone so you know I, i've contacted twitter customer service and whatnot it's a ghost town over there if anyone works at twitter and wants to somehow uh help me out that goes that number goes straight to like Elon Musk's burner phone for his side piece. So I don't know. I might be done. That that might that account might be done. <laughs> I've tried every troubleshooting thing possible. I'm logged out, and uh, I don't know. It's just I. You know, we we work for a 15 billion dollar company, Greg. I we have the the strong arm of the shield. Do you want to maybe get them on the case to try to help you? I, I, Greg, yeah, because Greg, I've had these issues before, and like our social team has actually jumped in and been. Great you social could have this, solved this, this is a unique a one ago. and they're helping and I think they're going to get it done. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I was looking at maybe it's a sign I'm about to go to Japan. Would it be the worst thing in the world to have like a five week break from Twitter? I haven't I haven't minded the last week and a half. It's been OK. It's been OK. You're not missing a lot on Twitter right now. There's a lot of uh, no. submarine <laughs> stuff, um, a lot of Titanic stuff. Um, a lot of heat wave stuff. Have I mentioned the heat? The thing I miss Very the most soon. is live sports like. Ten, I follow a lot of tennis people, and then when sure. the NBA Finals, I the the game the game five was on, great game, and I was like, unbelievable. Well, I, I wanna I wanna see what's I'd going on. I'd set up a burner account, Greg, and have a second account. I know you that was suggested to you last night when we were with Erica and Lakeisha that you just that's, you know don't worry about step. this one, just start over, start a new one. He's got like four hundred seventy thousand followers. Like I don't think it's going to be that easy to start for, a new Twitter for, uh, existence. If we get to training camp and, I, and we haven't fi figured this thing out, that is that is what I will do. Finally, the number one offense, in case you haven't been able to figure it out, is... Yes, you know it. The San Francisco 49ers. Mark, deep all over the place. And for me, in my uh, when I was going through it, the only team that has three true stars uh and christian mccaffrey the best all-around running back in the league 
Debo Samuel, the best kind of do-it-all wide receiver in the league. George Kittle, who is a uh, Hall of Fame-level talent who showed last year he still had a ton left in the tank. And then Brandon Ayuk, who I think is knocking on the door as like a star in his own right uh, at wide receiver as well. I mean, you can't beat that. I'd throw Elijah Mitchell in there as a really productive player. Absolutely. Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, the one of the only fullbacks Fine. that matters anymore. Do it. Juwan right? Jennings mean, this... has really developed into a nice Jennings... physical third receiver. They've settled on their third receiver guy. This was, I mean, I'm sure for all of us, but I just like, I put them at one and didn't never looked back. It was, it was more about where to put the Bengals and the Eagles, but they've consistently, um, they're star studded and these, each of the players have perfect roles. They're perfectly used. And I mean, I just say to look at the, what you saw, the version we got of Christian McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, I mean, they're almost unstoppable. I think they just baffle defenses. There's no way to, there's no, how do you figure out how to stop them? It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Right. You take this group and you put a great offensive line and a gifted young play caller and Kyle Shanahan. And you, you just need a serviceable quarterback that can make it all go. And that's, you know, that's the way it's worked. And I wrote about this on NFL.com this week about the 49ers and where they are right now. Doesn't it feel like the Niners should have a Lombardi trophy or two for the past dozen years? You had those great teams under Harbaugh and got so close. And now you've had these great teams under Shanahan. They've had, Six playoff appearances in 12 years, two painful near misses in the Super Bowl. Mm. Um, and, and now here they are again, knocking on the door, hoping to get some QB luck. But like the window is open right now with this offensive group because who knows how long you could keep them all together. Well, not only like six, you know, playoff appearances, they made the conference finals in all six. So they were in the oh, final four six times. Good call. Yeah, that's painful. They got it's true. It's tough to be that team that gets keeps getting so close. I'd say if you factor in Kyle Shanahan's Super Bowl loss to the Patriots with the Falcons, the coach has been through a lot of January and February disappointment. Like I give him credit. Don't forget about for, the Rams NFC title game loss uh, two years ago as well. And they keep they keep it's they, you don't see a lot of football teams that go through things like that and keep returning year after year. And that says a lot about, to me, a lot about him as a coach. What, that he can't close and he blows it all the uh, time? Well, there's that side, but the other side of the coin is like, <laughs> you know, Abraham Lincoln lost an election like 18 times before he won one, so. Yeah, he know. lost at Ford's Theater too. Does that make him Yeah, he did. No. That was the ultimate Yikes. loss. Yikes. I don't know why you needed to take it in that direction. When did Lincoln Ford's Theater's jokes become not too soon? Like, what was the year? What do you think? Like 1907, something like that. Yeah, like early 1900s. Like it was open season on the Ford Theater jokes, like uh, turn of the century, maybe? It's just what, like people are writing letters back and forth, and it's like, you know, Gustavius is sending, it was like, too soon for that joke, my friend. So I, I've noticed there's been a real uptick in the last couple of years of like like 9-11 bits and stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. is that, was that only 20 years? Is that is that what it is? Maybe it was 1860, 1885? Are there a know, lot of the track. like 9-11 bits? Fl- like there's a cropping it, up a surprising of amount. Bits? Surprising amount on the internet, I, I find. Hmm. I'll throw. Yeah. I'll send you some memes and and things. Yes, yeah, send me some. I want to yeah. discover what you're looking at. Um. All right. Inappropriate. All of them. I say. Um. Good stuff, Greg. You got to catch a bird. You're heading to Tokyo. Any final thoughts? Um. Before. Hmm. Let's 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 save our pop culture thoughts. This the show went not surprisingly longer than we expected. <laughs> So we're going to put those in our back pocket for now. But you could share your thoughts before wow. you catch that bird. You do get this feeling on um, 
d- days like you're about to take a little vacation or you're going overseas and stuff and uh you just have that it's like a kid-like feeling of excitement i woke up excited today you you feel grateful for what you have to like this we've had a tough off season as a group but there's there's no two guys i'd rather be doing this with we're having fun and uh this is a nice time of year for us so we better enjoy it that was nice greg that was a great statement i wish you luck uh, in uh japan I do, yeah. And I will I think do a couple shows there, but it won't be for uh, a week and a half. I think the one one of the big things I took away from COVID and the lockdown year or so, how much um, not having something to look forward to affected me. Mm. You know, whether it was a, a meetup with friends or a vacation or this or that. When you were just locked in this, like, nothing else going on, that is what I missed the most. Like, uh, mm. and now you were looking forward to this trip. To Japan, and now you're off. And finally, last thought, this coming from uh, behind the virtual glass, social psychologist, colon, it takes 36 days after a tragedy before jokes about it become funny. That's really? not true. 36 yeah, days is indeed too soon. 36 years, maybe. 36 days, I don't buy that. All right, Greg, with that, with that information, to the Far East with you. Good luck. All right, and to everybody else, have a great weekend. We'll see you on the other side. Mark, you and me, buddy, with Connie Fox on Tuesday. I'll see you then. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.